This is Room in the Trees, a podcast about living a creative life. Room in the Trees is hosted by Sabrina Ward-Harrison and me, Trent Reynolds. Show notes including pictures, links, video, and more for every episode can be found at roominthetrees.com. If you like this podcast, please consider showing your support. You can become a subscribing patron at patreon.com forward slash room. And now here's this week's episode. First, let me inter- I just want to introduce Hannah Finney is our guest today. Hannah and I go way back. We yeah. go way, way back. Hannah was <laughs> in my first art and discovery class um, that I taught. And, uh, she, and she was in third grade. And it was in Berkeley while I was making Spilling Open. So it's we've stayed in touch over the years. And it's such an honor to have her on as a guest. Wow, talk about history. That is pretty fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Great. This is exciting. Do you have any memories, Hannah, of, of that third grade uh, meeting yeah. Sabrina and what you guys did? I do. I remember like first meeting Sabrina and being totally captivated by her. And I slowly like made it my mission to be as like her as possible. Like, really? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I found some old journals. I'm at my mom's right now in Providence. We're like quarantined here. And I found a bunch of my old journals. And it's so, I wish this was a visual medium, but it's so obvious looking through them. Like, I mean, I was like drawing like you and I tried to make my handwriting kind of like, I had like Walt Whitman quotes in there totally because of you. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I have, I have great, there's also a photo I have on my Instagram that's pretty telling of me just like, I think you took it, Sabrina, but I'm like snooping through your journal and I'm, oh. you can just see on my face. I'm like <laughs> in my face. I'm like, how do I recreate this? You are so young. You are so and young. I, you have to send like, Trent the picture so we can have I will. a visual. I'll send it. But uh, yeah, I started wearing like long skirts and kind of those leotard tops that you'd wear. Like, <laughs> um, but then, oh, but that was only, but then years and years. Later. But years, well, year, starting at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So, but then yeah. for years and years, I took your classes after that. I I was trying to think of like specific projects we did. Do you remember? Did you got come with Cynthia to my place in Berkeley? My, oh yeah, I remember I your had, place. Yeah, when I had the little signs up around in Berkeley for the class, mm-hmm. and someone thought it was a dog sitting service or something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. If Cynthia came over with flowers because they felt kind of sorry for me. I don't know if you were you were there. Um, I, I don't know, but that rings a bell. <laughs> Sounds and right. And then they're like, "Well, there's a school that they go to called Aurora. They could have an after school program." promote you could um like propose it and so yeah like that's how it happened yeah I vaguely remember, remember the first... that so Sabrina you just you just posted uh posters on uh, all around town uh that yeah. you were having this workshop yeah oh. <laughs> I was this was back in the day before the internet right like so yeah yeah no easy yeah. way to get the word out yeah I was in school and I'd been working at a at a clothing store and I'm like I didn't want to do that and I I over the summer I was even, I don't know, it was, it was definitely correlated just before making Spilling Open, but I 
decided I want to invent a class that would be the class I wish I could have taken when I was that age, um, just before like I got into being a teen, you know, preteen, um, like sort of geared towards like nine to twelve year olds. And um, <laughs> so obviously no formal teaching or any background. Um, and I it was called the Art of Discovery, and it was about like actually so many of the themes of uh, spilling open about like being real and exploration and uh you know it's about keeping a journal and like using you know not normal like rubbed out type and like alternative alternative um materials and uh i was gonna teach it out of my sunroom in berkeley and i ended up doing that um and there would be like and, it, and so the kids came to it and we'd all be piled into my sunroom <laughs> <laughs> or in the backyard and then their moms would kind of pick them up and be like we need this class <laughs> so I yeah. did so that was so that's and then that began the whole thing that I teach to this day basically we I remember a lot of dress-up tea parties and a lot of mm-hmm. fort building and um and one day we made a pizza with raspberries <laughs> on it but it was like a full, it, it was like a regular cheese pizza, but it had raspberries and it was weirdly delicious. I remember that. Um, I, remember I remember that so well. And then I was just like enchanted by your bedroom too. Cause it was just like, there was just stuff everywhere and it was like a little museum and I just wanted to poke around all the time. Um, oh, oh yeah. I, this was, this was a project. I remember you had us write love letters to ourselves on like gigantic pieces of paper um and then you kept them and then like six months later sent them to us in the mail oh and I remember being totally like what's this (laughs) this giant (laughs) envelope and I think my parents were a little like whoa when I opened it because it was just this gigantic letter that I wrote myself I love that. Um, I also remember, I remembered this just before we started the call, but either you were going through a breakup or I had mm-hmm. decided that you were. I don't know. <laughs> no, what I was. Okay, yeah. Okay. It's what spilling open was about. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I wrote you this note and I wish I had it in front of me so I could read exactly what it said, but it was like, no matter how fragile we feel or how silly or how unintelligent we can all fly or something and mm-hmm. have a little picture of an airplane. And I think you put it in one of the books. I want to say it was yeah. on the rock and it has like those two little girls um, kind of um, flanking it on the sides. Like those, those two black and white photographs of those girls with flowers. Yeah. Um, and I remember giving that to you because I was like, this will help Sabrina. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> it oh did. Because I was just yeah. reading Spilling Open the other – I'm reading it on Instagram uh, Instagram TV. And I got to that part. I've never read the whole thing cover to cover since I published it. Because I think at the time I was like, I don't want to – this was – I didn't want – I read it like a book signs. I'd read selected pages of it, but I haven't read the whole thing through. And there was a part about like I'd fallen on my knee and I'd just broken up with Alex, my boyfriend at the time. And I'd come to class and anyway, I referenced you guys in the class saying, you know, the wisdom you guys had help and perspective you've given me. So yeah, yeah, it was really, it's really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I hmm. I was inspired by you guys. I was I loved your questions and your you know your curiosity and you were all so present. Just that mm-hmm. you were. I thought you were a, a totally cool cool kid. You're like in the way in the coolest ways. Oh, just really eccentric. With that as kind of a, a starting point, what has happened in intervening years? Or it sounds like you have held on to a certain amount of creativity. You've definitely gone into a creative field, right? Yeah. So I, when I was a kid, but then really when I was a teenager and then in my 20s, I got really, really, really intensely into theater. And that became my like happy place. And I skipped a lot of school to go to, I was doing theater in San Francisco for many years and I like, would totally leave school early way earlier than was necessary to go to the theater. And, um, that Mm. became like my, my thing. And then I ended up going to a theater conservatory for college, which was just pretty magical. And, um, I definitely have days where I'm like, I should have gone to a normal college, but, um, Mm. but I, I, it was a really great experience. And, uh, and then um, after a few years, I I sort of bounced around the West Coast, like Seattle, California, and then um, and then moved to New York three and a half years ago, and um, that has been if if someone if someone told me what my New York experience was going to be, I would have like asked them what they were smoking because it has been. Uh, really crazy ride um and it's all it's funny right now us all having to be in our homes because I feel like for the first time in three and a half years I've stopped enough Mm. to kind of think about it all and it's it's Mm. surreal it's to think about the past three and a half years and the Mm. rapid changes and um and uh yeah, it's just wild to think about. So I, I moved to New York three and a half years ago and, um, I moved with, uh, a, a, a boyfriend <laughs> who, um, I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And then, uh, we moved in together, uh, in Brooklyn and two weeks into our move, he broke up with me and, and I, um, it felt like coming to New York and, and, and just being kicked in the gut right away. <laughs> and uh, so that was a really interesting time. And now that I, I mean, I was devastated and scared every single day. And I spent almost a year just essentially, well, I was house sitting for this woman who I barely knew um, in Brooklyn. She lived in this ridiculous three-story house that was so big for one person and I just lived there and watched over her two little dogs um while she was usually off somewhere else and that um so that was my first winter in New York I just remember so vividly like being alone in this big empty house and the snow outside and I'd never really experienced seasons before being from California Mm -hmm. and I just remember like just every day having that feeling of like, what is my life? How did this happen? And, Mm. but it was interesting because during that time I met, I met so many people. It's kind of dizzying. I met so many people just because I, I forced myself to, um, 
to go to things by myself essentially all the time and just force myself to to make friends and I did and it was also an interesting time because weirdly um I ended up meeting just all these creatives that I had admired for a long time and I and that was very surreal like in this already kind of surreal moment and then uh and then I finally moved to Bed-Stuy I think I opened my suitcase for the first time in like a year in New York because I was always floating around and and so that was great um and uh so I guess in the past few years I've done a little theater I've done mostly work at the Upright Citizens Brigade, um, which was sort of an improv theater. And uh, I went to like a very kind of serious classical theater program. So it seemed like the kind of thing that would be fun, just to super goofy and silly. And there are so many of those classes I just I just looked forward to it, especially when I was really sad because you just end up laughing for three hours. Um, Mm. so that has been great. And what else? I, I've been doing mostly writing. Um, and I wrote a, (laughs) I wrote a full length screenplay with my friend Chelsea Martin last year. We did it all over Skype because she lives in Washington state, but we, over the course of a year on Skype, we wrote this screenplay Um, and it was so weird because at the end, uh, when we read it together, we were like, who wrote this? I don't remember writing this. Do you remember writing this? It like just wasn't, it was so odd. It was like, it was written by a third person. Um, Mm. and we really, we're very proud of it, but, uh, of course right now, especially we're like, what are we supposed to do with this? Um, Chelsea, by the way, is a really great author, uh, She's published a few books and she went to CCA just like oh, you, okay. Sabrina. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then I've, I've managed to make some films that have actually made it into the world. My friend Neil and I did a music video years ago for an artist and Rolling Stone picked it up and wrote about it. And that was pretty cool. And then I think because of the success of that, we, applied for a grant to go shoot this um pilgrim pilgrim sci-fi type film that we wanted to to make pilgrim um, sci-fi what is what is that ah it's maybe sci-fi isn't the right word i gotta find another one but it it's essentially um just a really trippy pilgrim movie <laughs> it's about like <laughs> pilgrims in virginia um back in whatever year that was but um and their leader is this priest and he's sort of trying to find the the panacea for this this disease oddly it feels like right now because everyone's dying um but he you start to wonder if he's really a reliable narrator because you start to see very strange things like like pregnant teenage boys and stuff like that so we made that because we got this grant money to do so. And uh, pregnant teenage boys. Oh my God. Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know. I've had just really random projects here and there. And I'm right now, especially since we're all stuck at home, I've been trying to write a lot more 
And um, I really have no excuse not to at this point. I think you bring up a, a great point, though, just that, you know, this, I think we're all to a certain extent, you know, experiencing the same thing where we're being forced to stop, you know, yeah. forced to, to be still and I think there's a certain amount of anxiety that comes with that, you know, just anticipating all that we're not doing and anticipating what the future holds. But it's also this moment where it's like, you can't help but think back on where you're coming from. And, you know, I don't know, it just feels like this very pivotal moment. What's coming up for you, Trent? Like what's memories or what, what's kind of surfacing? Oh, so what's surfacing? Um, Yeah. I, I think, uh, I've, I've been doing the same types of things of just kind of reflecting on the past. My, the past three years for me has been a very like um, specific chapter, you know, cause it started mm-hmm. when I started teaching at this high school and I'd never taught high school before. And so it's uh, I think probably similar to you, Hannah, it's just the past three years have been just this rush of new experience and trying to adjust and figure out, what my previous experience meant in this new context and trying to, and I just, I just never feel like I've had a moment to, to just review what's happened so far. It's always just been like trying to keep up with all the new and and all the change. So I guess that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at. It's just this days of processing, you know, and just this shifting of teach professionally teaching in some totally different way. And, Mm-hmm. In the midst of also trying to sort of process and be a father to the four children at home, and yeah, yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of new, a lot of new stuff. Yeah, but Hannah, it you've got you're facing this, uh, you know, a very pivotal moment too. It seems like you know, like I know theater has been hit pretty hard. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a obviously a something that requires an audience, something that requires a lot of interaction. So, uh, has this been a time to rethink your, uh, I don't know, just creativity, what creativity, uh, what role it has in your life and where you go from here? Yeah. I mean, I feel like just in that one aspect, I've been kind of an emotional roller coaster. sometimes like within a, the course of a day, like some mm-hmm. days, some days I feel really motivated and I, start working on something that is enough of an escape that it's really, you know, I just like, I, I dedicate myself to it for an afternoon and then I feel really good. And then I'll wake up the next day and like this happened today. Actually, I just like walked into the kitchen. I just started crying and my mom was like, what's wrong? And, and I, I don't try to remember what, my garbled anxiety, but it was basically like, I I was saying exactly that. I was like, I'm so worried for all the, basically all the reasons I ever wanted to live in New York, all the theaters and especially the small weird ones and the, the movie theaters or like there's Mm -hmm. um, so many great small movie theaters in New York that I think are really suffering right now. And, and the filmmaker, independent filmmakers. And I just was like, I don't know how to hold the pain and uncertainty of all of that. And also what, whatever I, it's hard for me to just create and not worry about what 
weight, if any, is this gonna even hold? If that if that makes sense, I already struggle with that anyway. I mean, it takes so much when I start working on something to try to block out those voices that just immediately start saying this doesn't mean anything. No one's going to see this. No one's going to care. Um, Mm. and weirdly some days during all this, it's like those voices are completely gone because in my clearest moments, it's, it's so obvious that like the whole reason for doing art is, it's not that it's the, it's, it's the it's the relief it can bring your soul it, it is for moments mm-hmm. like this so well, i think the older you get too it 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 gets that that dynamic gets really cloudy you know when you're mm-hmm. as you get older the more you have to consider like well how am i going to make money and what is this going to mean to my family what what is this going to mean to some kind of legacy or a reputation that i develop like all of these things start to inform the decisions we make. But I think this, like right now, when all of those are kind of being stripped away a little bit, it's, you know, I think you're right. It's like this moment to realize or get back to the core of what really motivates your creativity or what, mm-hmm. what ultimately drives it and keeps you going, even if the same incentives or the same motivations aren't there. So I, I, I work at a school, um, by day I work at a school and it's, it's this incredible, incredible place. It's a school in Manhattan for, for kids ages three to 21 and who have uh, spectrum conditions like acute autism uh, and other neurological delays or differences. And um, I started this job in September. It has truly been one of the most life-changing thing uh, journeys ever. I'm just completely, I just love these kids so much. And I, some of them are quite literally my favorite people. And um, just going from a daily routine that is where there's literally never a dull moment. And just, you, I, I feel so lucky when I'm there because I, I get to hear just these fascinating minds it's incredible working there. And I, it, it became the love of my life and it all, it just stopped, you know, it just two weeks ago on a Friday, it just stopped. And we're like, we don't know when we're going back. And I called my mom, um, totally, uh, it's not, I'm making it out. Like I cry a lot. I've cried a lot in these (laughs) past two weeks, but I called her just beside myself and was like, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't go to work. Like, eh, I don't know what's happening. And she drove down from Providence, like Mad Max style and scooped me up. And she was like, I don't want to be alone. Come to Providence, like get out of New York, which turned out to be a good move, I think. But um, I don't know why, but I think in my freak out and confusion before leaving my place in New York, I packed like one pair of pants and one pair of shoes and one shirt. I had no sense of like (laughs) how long I was going to be here, which now looks like months, but I somehow had the foresight to bring all my tax information and like 20 plays to read. Ah. (laughs) So I don't know, like one part of my brain was working and the other wasn't, but, um, 
all that is to say, I find that on days where I can't write or it feels pointless, like the best solution is for me to read something mm. by someone I admire. And I've been reading a lot of um, uh, just a lot of plays that I love that I haven't read in a while that were the things that made me want to do theater in the first place. And it's been a really lovely like return to those. Um, been reading a lot of Annie Baker's work. I don't know if you know her, but she's someone I, I really admire. And um, she also writes about people um, in a very vulnerable, honest, funny way that feels very comforting right now and just reminds me of how much I, I love and miss people. <laughs> Another thing I'm doing uh, is drawing portraits of my students right now I like drew one and then now I'm drawing all of them so that's been really therapeutic theater and an improvisation improvisation specifically has always been really appealing to me because it's there's a certain amount of risk and a presence in the moment you know that mm -hmm. and I think the same the same uh as being in a live theatrical production versus watching a movie right right there's this there's this risk involved there's this like things are on the line and there's an audience interaction uh, and i think uh sabrina like thinking about the way that you work and so much of it is about that moment and the connection between people in space you know in sharing space and sharing a moment what uh, the things that i love about art is most is when it's able to connect people in a moment in taking chances in like discovering something new yeah and and yet, I mean, this is something that all three of us, I think, thrive on, you know, that those moments of risk and those moments of discovery and newness and change and presence. But it's like, this is just overloading, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. that it's, yeah. it's like that impulse, but, you know, on a on a scale that, you know, is just so unimaginable right or just like too much right to, to overloading is a great way to describe it it's, yeah it's just too much on the scale like it's too much <laughs> but yeah. this is this is where we thrive right this right. is where we're at our best is mm -hmm. when there you know there are no apparent and obvious ways forward or there's no obvious solutions or you know the things that have always been right. the narratives that are tried and true are falling apart and uh mm -hmm you know why is it i don't know i just find it curious preach but... trent preach that's so good thank you <laughs> that's what i need but, to hear yeah no, it's true but yeah i think i i'm hearing you say like you know people need now more than ever that connection and i and i think for you specifically sabrina and um because i've been here watching you know this this path that you've been on the past few years it's like, this is where you thrive. This is your game. This is your jam. Like, uh, your Olympics. But, but at the same time, yeah, it's like, maybe like, this is the Olympics. This is like, it's go time, like more than ever, but yeah, like how to, how to step up to that. And, and maybe the scale is to such a degree that, you know, it's just a completely different ball game. I don't know. Yeah. You reminded me of something that uh, I'm probably going to butcher, but I was watching some Jerry Saltz, the art critic, 
Um, he did like a Instagram live thing the other day because he was talking about his new book. He was also talking about this time right now and art making in the context of right now. And he said something that I loved that was about um, how as an artist, anyway, you should be always looking for those moments of doubt and embracing them because in the doubt is possibility. And he was Mm. saying, you know, right now you should just, you should, you should lean into the doubt right now because we are learning like there isn't a right way to do this. All the things we sort of the false idols that we worship before, like it's just just further proof that no one knows anything. And in that you, you should really have more confidence in your art because of that, because they're, you know, I, I just connected to that because I'm constantly thinking there's something I'm not getting in this. I didn't get the memo. How, right, right. you know, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't write that or maybe that's dumb. And um, yeah, I hope that made sense. Yeah, I love that. For sure. I, yeah. I also think there's a certain amount of like, maybe we're so drawn to these things uh, because of how much we fear them, you know, because mm-hmm. of, it's like being drawn to the edge of the cliff, you know, it's just like. Uh, right this impulse to go where there's, you know, you know, that thing that is unimaginable or, or overwhelming. I know, I know. right? Mm-hmm. Like with just right, who in their right mind, you know, just thinking of like inventing something up and then thinking you're going to go out and I don't know. It's just, it just, mm-hmm. just, I, sometimes I just think I certainly didn't choose the easiest course here. <laughs> Straightforward. <laughs> no interesting challenge i don't um, think there's something there's something in the human soul that that wants that you know wants to overcome i i, I often think of people that have this uh, you know desire to go out and climb tall mountains you know that they get a certain amount of uh, a high from that you know this kind of as this this mm-hmm. upward you know transcendental type of feeling right and and for me i get that high from when i'm in those moments uh in a class where I connect with a student and they recognize something new about themselves or recognize new possibility in, in creativity or creation. Right. It's like that to yeah. me, there's, there's something very tangible and like think something is on the line, you know, where mm. and a fear or a barrier was overcome and it, like everybody just feels the lift, you know, of, of overcoming. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of that, Trenton, yeah. you shared pictures last week of, um, some of the photo projects you talked about in that episode, maybe last last episode, that's the photo right. Project you were doing, I'd love to hear more about that. Oh, it, it's you know, I was I was actually talking to a, a friend of mine uh, who's also who also teaches art at, at high school, and and I was talking to him about this project because it's, it's my favorite project, and it was, it, and I did it again this year, and it was just as awesome. And uh, I realized that I'm trying to teach photography uh, in a different way than I actually use it in my own artwork. And this project is actually one of the few that I actually use it or teach it in a way that I used it. So, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's like yep. I'm teaching Photoshop and how to, how to control a DSLR and exposure triangle and all this stuff that is just so technical and boring. 
And then finally I get to this thing where I'm having them crumple up paper and take pictures of the crumpled version and combine it with a digital original and, you know, blend yeah. it's like, and colors are wonky and there's texture and I don't know. It's like, ah, it's like a breath of fresh air, but yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Today was the, we did a critique on that project. So it's kind of fresh on my mind, but ah, turn up, turn up fantastically. Hannah, do you have do you have somewhere where people can find uh, more about you? Do you have a Instagram or any other social media that you? Like I to have an Instagram and a Twitter that I'm fairly competent at. Um, my Twitter handle is at Han Finney, H A N F I N N I E, and my Instagram is H Walker Finney. H Walker Finney. Yeah, I'm a bad millennial. I don't have a website. <laughs> but I have yeah. those two things. And do you have any advice as doing improv? Like, are there any like improv exercises one could do when they're just like not in the state and they, but they like need to get into a different men- mental state of like to oh. cope for people out there coping with like, you know, feeling like just hopeless or afraid or. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, Trent, you mentioned something about like being so starkly in the moment with improv and I think I I for one am feeling like right now is forcing me to be very starkly in the moment it's weird it's like everything is all of a sudden high def or something something about this Mm. this moment um so I've been kind of struggling with this question and trying to find things um I recommend drawing I mean, I, I know that's not like an improv thing, but it's it's a way to get in a similar zone, especially if you're by yourself. I feel like yeah. drawing requires so much presence, even more so or in a different way than writing requires because you get in more of a flow in my experience, mm-hmm. but you're also, you have to pay so much attention and especially if you're drawing like a, a specific subject, I think that's why I found drawing my students so therapeutic. I think, I think a great exercise is like find a picture of someone you love or someone, or even just someone who has an interesting face and like really try to draw their face. Um, oh gosh, that would be a funny thing. <laughs> or, or something. I don't know. I think there's something about just being forcing yourself to really pay attention right now. Yeah, and it yeah, doesn't totally. have to be, if you just don't want to pay attention to the news for an hour or, or think about, um, cause I find that my, even if I'm feeling like I want to be creative, sometimes it creates, it creates this anxiety because my, my ideas are like lightning bugs. They're like just flying all around and I can't catch them, you know? Mm. But I think there's something very grounding about drawing and having to like pay attention and probably even more so if you, if it's not, your practice. Yeah. I I know I hadn't drawn for a long time and it just puts you in a different headspace. So I don't know if that's a a great answer to the improv question, but it's something that has put me in a similar flow that I remember improv really, really creating for me. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's That's a great, it's a great suggestion. Well, thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. Thanks, guys. This was really fun. Yeah, thanks for making time. It was great to meet you. You too. Miss your face. Miss your face too. (laughs) Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Please help us grow our audience by rating us or writing a review on iTunes. To do that, you can use the link roominthetrees.com forward slash iTunes. You can follow us on Instagram at Sabrina Ward Harrison and at Trent Reynolds Art. And check out the show notes at roominthetrees.com where you can also get in touch if you have any ideas you'd like to share. Uh, Rate us on iTunes and share Room in the Trees with a friend. With a friend. With a friend.